0: Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist,
1: Dr. Nazanin Moali.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about bisexual identity and the challenges that people have and some of the resources that you can look into if you are trying to cultivate resources. And last week, we talked about experiences of men. And this week, we're going to focus on experiences of women. Our guest is Dr. Mimi Huang. She, her, Dr. Mimi is an internationally recognized psychologist, educator, author, and grassroots activist specializing in the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual and Asian Pacific Islander. Communities. She has co-founded three organizations in LA, and she has been involved in so many wonderful different projects, different university counseling centers to increase awareness around this important topic. So make sure you are checking out her full bio in the show notes. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Mimi Wong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. It's my honor to have Dr. Mimi Huang on our show. Dr. Mimi, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I'm so, so happy to be here. I am very excited that you accepted our invitation. I know we're just talking about how how we know each other from the community, and this is definitely an honor to have you on on this episode. You know, even before I I got the opportunity to meet you, I knew that you were working a lot. You're doing lots of advocacy work around bisexuality and bisexual identity. So tell us, how did you get interested in this work? Yeah. So,
1: you know, it came out from my personal journey first uh, before I became a psychologist. But uh, so, you know, when I grew up, and this was in the late 80s, early 90s, I really didn't have any kind of visible bisexual community around And, you know, this was the time before the internet, you know, was around. And so I never even heard the B in LGBT. I never heard the word bisexual. And so it was really hard for me to even understand my attractions. And I thought that because I liked boys, that I automatically was straight, and so it wasn't until I got to college that I actually started to hear about and meet people who were queer, you know, straight, um, sorry, gay, uh, queer, bisexual. And I started to, you know, put some, some connect the dots together. And I actually went to the counseling center in my college because I was going through depression. Uh, You know, I thought I had, I thought I had it all school and grades and extracurriculars and everything, but I was still not feeling fully myself. And so through actually meeting with a very affirmative therapist, I was able to realize that I was bisexual. And so I came out, this was in the late nineties and pretty much right away, I started community leadership. I started running a support group uh, at my college and, you know, I was always really kind of interested in issues around gender, culture, race, you know, all of that. And so I kind of continued doing a lot of, you know, activism in the community. And uh, eventually I got my PhD. Uh, I got, did my dissertation on bi issues. I became licensed. And, you know, as a psychologist, I started to learn more and more around mental health issues, and so I sort of started to marry both, you know, my community activism with my mental health uh, work, and uh, I began to do more consulting as well, training uh, different therapists and other helping professionals, uh, because I just felt like there was really a lack of uh, representation. And uh, and then a few years ago, I decided to start a self-empowerment series called Buy on Life. And uh, really trying to help uplift uh, my community in order to feel more self-confident, more self-empowered, um, and hopefully, you know, become by on life
0: <laughs> I love that name. Does it, was, is that a name that you came up with or you hire someone to come up with that name?
1: <laughs> I pretty much came up with it. I, I love puns. And uh,
0: I just thought it was catchy. So, you know, there it was. So cool. I I love that name. Well, it's interesting. You talked about mental health challenges. I was looking at a few studies, and I bet you know more than me on this topic, that it seems like it's unfortunately common for women who identify as bisexual to struggle with more of mental health challenges. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, really, when you think about it, it's minority stress. Right. So when you look like LGBTQ community in general, there are there are higher rates of depression, anxiety, substance abuse, suicidality. When you look at people of color, you know, lower SES, you know, those are all true. And so as um, bisexual women, uh, you know, we're experiencing microaggressions, lack of acceptance, um, sometimes, you know, harassment and violence. And so all of those things, you know, affect our wellness. And so there are definitely, you know, this become more and more visible are the health disparities impacting the bi community. And so, you know, for myself being both bi and a woman and, and a therapist, I really wanted to raise visibility about that. And so, you know, more recently, my work has been focused
0: on that. Such an important work. Speaking of misconception, these are, the, as, as, as someone that I talk to lots of people about sexuality and some of the questions that I get often is like, when when a man identify as bisexual, they say it's a stepping stone for them to coming out as gay, kind of like a homosexual. And for women, the people say that, well, isn't that all women? or all people are a little bit bisexual so kind of in a way that like trying to be invalidating I think
1: what do you think about that yeah I've heard that so much throughout the years that you know well every woman is a little bit bisexual and I really I really disagree you know sexuality to me is on a spectrum and, you know, I think some people are, but some people aren't. Some people are gay and some people are straight. And so it, I really think that the statement kind of overgeneralizes bisexuality. It makes it seem like it's sort of everything and nothing at the same time because it dismisses it. It dismisses it as its own unique identity and experience. And I do think that it's really interesting that bi men are assumed to be gay, whereas women or bi women, like, you know, assumes every woman is bi, or that bi women are actually straight, but kind of doing it for attention is, um, you know, kind of, I, I feel is the underlying message sometimes. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, I I wonder if it's really straight men who would like that to be true. Um, There's sort of this fantasy, you know, two girls and a guy, right? And so wouldn't it be sort of like, you know, a good thing for the guy if his female partner also likes women? And so I do believe that there's some other dynamics around that. Now, in terms of percentages, if we're just talking about that, you know, I people actually make up a majority of the LGBTQ population. Hmm. So, you know, I, I think that there's kind of this myth that we're a super small group, sometimes um, a very marginalized group. But, you know, we, we are a, a large group, um, a slight majority. And the, over time, um, more and more people are identifying as LGBTQ. So a recent Gallup poll found that close to 6% of Americans are not straight. And you know, this is up from you know, their, their earlier study in 2012. Where it was only 3.5, you know, so it's almost double that people are really identifying as LGBTQ and it's really, mostly it's the bi population. If you look at younger people like Gen Z, it's even a bigger percentage. So it's 16% um, are not straight, you know, and so, you know, who knows, who knows what will happen in later years, if there might be even more people who are not identifying straight.
0: That is fantastic. And also fascinating, right? It tells us that it gives, when people have awareness, then they're able to identify what's truly resonates with them and what an interesting lens to look through when you're talking about whose narrative is that because if you're saying that you're this is my experience as a bisexual woman versus someone saying that no you're part of this fantasy that I have and I love and we are serving this so I think it's interesting to kind of like pay attention to stories that show up for us and sometimes these are Unconscious or learned messaging that we heard, and now it's part of our inner dialogue. And it's important to examine those because you're right that it could kind of hinder your child, your colleague, people around you to really connect with you. And I think it's important to kind of unlearn some of those harmful messaging. And you know, one other thing at a time I hear that when people are in partnership. And they come out and they say, we are bisexual. There is this fear of the person would leave them for the other sex, or then it's, uh, this is not enough. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, well, I think this, again, goes back to myths and, you know, misconceptions that are out there. Oftentimes, I think people who are bi are assumed to be unfaithful. Hypersexual, promiscuous, you know, reading, you know, those are words that, you know, I've heard of so much. And it's really a pathologizing of um, a person's sexual orientation. And, you know, not that there aren't hypersexual, you know, people within the bi community, but there's hypersexual people in many communities you know, and so it's it's just people are conflating different maybe stories they've heard. Um, I feel like sometimes it's TV and movies. You know, I remember b- back in the day, like Basic Instinct, right, with Sharon Stone and, you know, just sort of really combining bisexuality with like, you know, pathology or talk shows that kind of glamorize or sensationalize That, oh, look, my my girlfriend cheated on me with a woman, you know? And so that learning about someone's bisexuality is now combined with their infidelity, right? And so then people kind of remember that. But there are so many other narratives out there of bi people just living their lives, and you know, not uh, you know, cheating or, or whatnot. But those don't make the news, right? And so I think that you know, there's certain stories, stereotypes that just get repeated over and over and over again. And I think some of the other myths are just that a bi woman is confused that she's just experimenting because there's no such thing as as being bi. Like you have to be straight or you have to be gay, you know? And so that's also, I think, kind of this binary vision of sexual orientation, which just isn't true. You know, human sexuality is so diverse, you know? And there's so many ways that you can be to desire love and be intimate with, with different people. So there's really a bi erasure, when we are second guessing whether or not it's even a valid sexual orientation. And so, you know, I think those are some of the common ones. I think sometimes people judge you also by the partner of your current, the gender of your current partner, the whomever you're with at the moment, you know, so if you're a woman and you're with a woman, okay, you're, you're a lesbian. If you're a woman, but now you're with a man, okay, now you're straight. And so there is that kind of sense of, well, you sort of change your sexual orientation, but, you know, like I've said, you know, it's really, it's who's in your heart, that's your orientation. Not who's in your bed. Love that. Yeah. yeah. It's really your orientation is your innate capacity, right? So it's not who who you're having sex with or who you're dating or who you're even married to you know at the moment you have to really ask a person what their orientation is to really understand what that is so and i think to kind of further these these assumptions is that a lot of bi women are in partnerships with men and so if you meet you know 10 bi women kind of likely most of them are going to be currently dating or with a, a male partner and again, I don't think that's because of any leaning towards one gender or another, but there's just more men who are attracted to women out there in the world than there are women that are attracted to women. And so there's just uh, more opportunities, you know, for partnerships with men. And then also if the bi woman is, is having, being pressured um, by family or community to have a more kind of hetero life that may also contribute to more women being with male partners. And so that can invisibilize a lot of uh, women by women because they're in this sort of straight appearing relationship and so then, you know, people sort of assume they're straight, it's never brought up. And so that women can actually feel really quite isolated, misunderstood, and depressed. You know, so these little microaggressions of mislabeling, you know, can really create a mental health issue. I think that when women are with women, there can be different pressure. There's kind of this sense of, well, you're, you're in the gay community now. and so why not just identify as a lesbian? So that can happen, and so that you know is a different kind of pressure. It's almost kind of like a sisterhood, like we're we're women who love women, and you know we're feminists, and you know, we sort of have to break this patriarchy. And so I hear from so many bi women who really, they, they almost feel like their attractions to men are like a betrayal, which it shouldn't be right. It's just natural and it's who you are and it's who you desire, but there's sort of this guilt and this shame about liking men. And so that, that's a different kind of pressure when you're with a same-sex partner, I think another kind of more serious topic is intimate partner violence. So, you know, when we're talking about bi women in relationships, we're actually at a higher risk of being, uh, having a partner who's violent and uses power and control compared to straight and lesbian women, okay? And so, you know, it's not just fun and games, not just, you know, what's trendy or what's glamorous, but, you know, bi women, and this is happening a lot with male Partners, you know, so the male partners are sometimes uh, using like jealousy, possessiveness, because you know maybe they're afraid that their bi female partner might be attracted to a woman, or sometimes that male partner might threaten to out her. So you know, because maybe she's not fully out. Maybe she hasn't come out to her family, or maybe her she works. And so that's a way that that partner, the abusing partner, may use her sexual orientation against her. So you know, having you know a bi orientation is not just fun and games.
0: Thank you for highlighting those. And those are all so important. And I was thinking about the kind of like, you're right that at times I feel people assume that someone is bisexual is like morally ambiguous about things. So the same way that, okay, if I'm a heterosexual woman in a monogamous relationship, it doesn't mean that I will not have attraction to other men. It's like I'm honoring my agreement same applies for all genders. I would imagine that if this is the agreement of the relationship, it's more about that versus if you're not finding other people attractive. And what a scary feeling of someone outing your secret. You're right that our partners are oftentimes know more about our private life than the rest of universe. And there are so, so many stigmas in the society against uh, sexual people who identify with sexual minority. So, if there are women out there that they, that's where they are they haven't they haven't cultivated a community where what are some of the communities that you invite people to join to get some support
1: yeah I think it's so important to be able to find a community to find people who accept you and where you can you know find like-minded people who won't question you know who you are and all of that and so I think part of my work has been around community building because uh, I I know for myself like after, well, during my coming out journey, you know, I found a mentor and, you know, she was like a big sister to me, and it really, truly helped me clarify and solidify who I was because I met somebody else who was like me. And before that, you know, I'd never met anybody. I know nowadays, you know, there is definitely more visibility. And so it might be a little bit easier to find another person who is by out there but it still might be hard to find like a community, you know, a group. So, you know, there are different local groups that are around. I think if you look for it, you have to kind of look for it. And I think a lot of times people aren't even aware, you know, and I helped to start up three different buy groups in Los Angeles One is AMBI, which is a social group, and one is the Los Angeles Bi Task Force, which is a nonprofit. And so, and when I tell people about, you know, some of these organizations, a lot of them are, oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that there was like bi community out there. And so I think sometimes there is such a invisibility around our sexual uh, our orientations and straight people aren't necessarily talking about it. Gay people aren't necessarily talking about it and bi people may not even know, you know, for themselves. And so, you know, I think using your friendly Google Is going to help, you know, these organizations in Los Angeles can also help. And then there are national organizations like the Bisexual Resource Center, bi.org and stillbisexual.com. So those are national level groups that have been around a very long time. And I think once people do get connected, you know, whether it's through Instagram, Facebook, you know other modalities then they'll realize that there's actually multiple communities out there you know there's not just bi but there's pan pansexual uh omnisexual fluid queer um you know the community is quite diverse so i do really hope that people will try to connect so
0: that they don't feel so alone well thank you for starting these Or some of these organizations you mentioned, like contributing to these organizations. And it's wonderful that, you know, I didn't know about the social one. Which one was the social one you mentioned? It was called Ambi. And Um, uh, yeah, it's on meetup.com. And so
1: when I created it, I wanted it to be an out and about social network. Um, Because there were already support groups that were happening, like kind of where you sit in a circle and you talk and it's a safe space. But when I was, you know, around and and thinking about creating these groups, I really felt like bisexual people, like you shouldn't be ashamed, you know, about who you are. And you should be able to be out and about and um, go to a social event out at a restaurant go bowling, go see movies together. And so I really wanted to bring that out of that kind of pathology kind of model. And so all of our events, you know, were in public. And, you know, it was really kind of this different way of gathering, you know, as a community. And so a lot of events, you know, are in in public spaces. And are just a great way to make
0: friends. Beautiful, because I feel that's that's something that at least I see with some of my bisexual clients that they are craving the sense of community, they have good, uh, safe places, which is so important, but they also would like to connect with like-minded people, they're kind of like doing social stuff. So Dr. Mimi, I know you do lots of great things. I personally follow you on Instagram. I see that you're constantly increasing awareness and breaking stigma. So if people want to learn more about you, what are some of the places they can find you?
1: Yeah, so I have my website, drmimihuang.com and that lists all my programs, events, and publications. And you can join my newsletter, which has all my info on my events and projects. And on social media,
0: you can follow me on Instagram or on Facebook at Dr. Mimi Wong. Excellent. The resources, the links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. I bet it helped many of our listeners. And I know you're super busy. And I'm so grateful that you carve out time to be here. Thank you so much. This has been so amazing. Thank you. I hope you guys found our conversation meaningful. I had so many different questions that I wrote down for Dr. Mimi, and I hope to invite her back to talk to us more about the process of coming out because that is also very important and challenging. But I also thought it would be important to talk about the interpersonal relational aspect of women's experience when they are identifying as bisexual. Also, regardless of your sexual orientation, if you are a vulva owner, we have a quiz for you. So there, we have this free sex quiz that you can take, and it takes about, I think, two, two to three minutes. It helps you to problem solve what's happening in your sex life and gives you some good resources and information on how to tackle those challenges. So if you are a Volvo owner, you, you feel that like you wanna invest more on understanding your sexual health, that can be a good resource. Also, we recently completed our survey and uh, many of you guys participated in our survey. Thank you so much for doing that. And around 90% of you mentioned that you want to learn more about sexual skills. I heard you loud and clear, and I've been recording a lot of episodes. I think it's around three months now, that three months of content that I curated based on the sexual skills that you are interested to learn more about. So if there is a skill that you're definitely interested to make sure we're covering, make sure you are contacting us and letting us know. I'm closing the interviews in a couple of weeks. I want to make sure that I'm addressing all of the questions that you have around sexual interest. So this is a time. If you have a question about a skill, send them my way. Or in general, if you have sex question, make sure you are recording your audio in our website, sexologypodcast.com. I'm planning to answer questions in a few weeks. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com.